Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. Question here from Ashilla and she says, what causes ovarian cysts? Is it possible to go ahead with a frozen embryo transfer with it? Most ovarian cysts are hangovers of an ovulation that didn't happen in the previous cycle or the cycle before that. That's the most common cyst. They're called follicular cysts. They're not dangerous. Sometimes they can produce hormones in that natural cycle for the transfer. So uh, it's important to have a blood test done early on in the cycle when levels of estrogen should be low to make sure that they are, and progesterone, and that they are low to make sure that cyst is not going to interfere with uh, natural ovulation or interfere with the lining of the womb being synchronous when the time comes to transfer the embryo. So generally, before a natural cycle, in the first day or two, I would organise a scan to see that the cyst is there or not there and measure the hormones. And if they're low, then it is quite reasonable to carry through with a normal cycle. I'm over 40. Why do my chances of success get less? Unfortunately, it's about egg quality. For reasons that no one's really understood in an evolutionary sense, Uh, as we move from being monkeys to to humans over tens of thousands of years, the one cell in the body that degenerates first of all of our cells is the egg. And it runs out of energy in the early 40s, leading up to obviously menopause around 50. And the human evolved to have a reproductive life that finished by the late 30s and early 40s to then move into menopause. Because 150 years ago, the mean age of a woman surviving was only around the menopause. We're far more than that now with modern medicines. But because most women without contraception were having babies in their 20s. So what happens with eggs as you get older? A, the number declines. So most women, when they were babies, just after they were born, have something like half a million eggs sitting in the ovary. And over time, that number declines. In fact, by the time you get to the first menstrual period, it's already down to 100,000 or so. And by 40, it's down around not that many. (laughs) So it's a steady decline in the numbers. And each month, you are losing 100 to 200 eggs. That's a natural process. I've been asked the question, in fact, when we do IVF and we get 20 eggs, Am I bringing my menopause on earlier? Uh, Absolutely not. It makes no difference whatsoever because all we're doing is saving some of those eggs that otherwise we would have lost naturally. So there's that egg number issue. That's number one. And number two, however, but probably more important is that the the egg that is released is more likely to be genetically abnormal. And it's genetically abnormal because the, the normal processes that occur in an egg where it moves from 
having 46 chromosomes to 23 chromosomes requires energy. And just like a device powered by batteries, a torch even, as time goes on, the signal gets weaker because the batteries are running out. So in what are called the mitochondria, which is the energy source of the egg, the the energy levels decline. And then that means is the processes of the uh, involved in the, the, the chromosome distribution in the egg gets worse and you end up with abnormalities on the numbers of chromosomes in the egg. And that therefore leads to failed fertilization, much higher chance of abnormalities in the embryo itself if it does go on. So implantation doesn't occur and uh, miscarriages are much higher in older women. And the occasional chromosome abnormality goes through to, to actually having a baby. So women in their older age, not surprisingly, are at higher risk of Down syndrome. It all fits, that whole story fits together. It's all about egg quality. We have another question, Prof, from Domenica. What are the main causes for embryos not sticking when having IVF? (laughs) The embryo itself is the main cause. We know that in nature, a large number of embryos are created. The conception occurs. And we know from a number of studies now that even in natural cycles, if you measure pregnancy hormones in women who've never had any hormonal treatment at all. If you measure the the, um, pregnancy hormone, which can only be there if a conception had occurred, up to 60% of women will actually have a positive HCG level, albeit very, very small, with very sensitive assays just before they miss a period. But only a quarter of those will actually miss a period. So a large number of embryos that are created never make it to the first menstrual miss. That's not different in IVF. And what we science has told us, as we more and more do genetic testing on embryos, and we've got better and better at testing the genetics of an embryo, we find a large percentage of them are genetically abnormal, which would explain what we see in those natural cycles where we get many pregnancies, but not many ongoing pregnancies. For instance, if we take embryos at the woman at the age of 35 and do genetic testing on them, we will find that more than uh, 50%, somewhere between 50 and 60% will be genetically abnormal. They look like beautiful blastocysts. So from the outside, they look great, but inside they're carrying uh, chromosome abnormalities, which will either lead to failure of further development, failure of implantation, or early miscarriage. And that's what we fight against the whole time. But it's not the whole story, because even if we put back a genetically normal embryo, our pregnancy rates in IVF go up, and they go up substantially. Pregnancy rates of 55 to 60% we would expect with a genetically normal embryo. But it's not 100%. So there is another 40% that we're not sure about. When that's happened a couple of times, we do go looking for for things and and occasionally we turn something up. The previous lady had a question about antiphospholipid syndrome. That certainly um, can have an impact on implantation. And by giving steroids, we can turn that around. So the things we go looking for in that scenario um, are increased risk of, of blood clotting, because we know that later in, in the miscarriage area, so when you get to six, eight, 10 weeks and you have a miscarriage, there's a higher likelihood that you're carrying a, a tendency towards a blood clotting, which clogs up the placenta and therefore causes the pregnancy to fail. And we extrapolate backwards and, and assume that that might be a cause. And 
as long as we're not doing anything that's going to damage the pregnancy, giving blood thinners is fine if we find that situation. One of the other things that we go looking for is your genetic makeup and your partner's genetic makeup. I mean, I would do that as a routine at first visit on all my patients because there's about a one in 150 chance. It's pretty low, but it's there of one or other of you carrying a genetic translocation which might, well not might, it will increase the chances of creating an abnormal embryo that will not implant or will have an early miscarriage. So there are some other things, but when we go in looking for them, we only find them in you know, two or 3% of patients. It's very uncommon to find a cause. So there's still a lot we don't know. What we do know is the commonest cause of an embryo not taking is its genetic makeup. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.